On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Secrets A to Z. I'm Anthony J. Resta, and we are here for our third episode of The Making of TV Mania, and we have our distinguished pro-audio guru, Bob St. John, here on the line. Hello, Bob. As always. As always, Anthony. Good to spend the afternoon with you. Nice. So we're going to do uh, uh, two, two tracks today. Um, so we're going to do uh, I Want to Make Films first. So let's listen to that, and then we'll talk about it.
Peter Pep. Peter, Peter Piper, Piper Picto Pecco Pico. Is that Warren? Who did that? I don't know. It's they put a lot of time into those samples. I mean, is that that's that some all crazy. Them? That is some crazy shit. Can you imagine how much time that took? That was this all of them. All yeah. pre Pro Tools. So you know, you had to sample it and drop it in and do whatever you were going to do with it. Like with trigger it with MIDI and then all that. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty wild. That's a crazy. You really need Tinley. You really need Tinley on some of these. I know. I've tried. I just can't seem to get him to come on he's going through some stuff so that's uh that was a crazy mix i don't remember if we did that did we do that at sound techniques techniques or Cortland? do you remember i think that was at sound techniques I'm pretty sure um yeah. who, who's um uh, i wrote down something about the voice at the beginning of the song do you know who whose voice that was not the tv voices but no <clears throat> No, I, I'm not yeah. sure. There's it, so it, many samples. I, if I didn't know better, it, it sounded like Nick doing an American accent. Yeah, it, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I hear all. There's. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, the 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 main drum loop came from from those guys from their studio, but then I hear all kinds of drum overdubs um, from my studio because I hear the big tom sound and like the same Noble and Cooley kit setup. Right. Right mixed in and then there's like some kind of crazy white noise stuff that's panning around um i mean i remember when we were mixing that was going very similar to um beautiful clothes kind of to me they had the same theme sonically it was kind of a nine inch nails inspired thing with the with the effects and stuff um but I was going to ask you what made those, what uh, how those drums were done. Not not the ones that uh, you did at the studio, but they sound like they're going through a guitar amp or something. Yeah. Uh, you got those already done? Well, I used to, I remember I had on that Ramza console, I used to have coming up on one of the Ogsands was a uh, uh, Hughes and Kettner tube man. It's all I over. never knew about that. Oh, yeah. It's a Hughes and Kettner tube man. It's this pedal that's got a tube in it. And it and you it's got four knobs and then one of the knobs is different like degrees of like amp ampage <laughs> and then you got I like seriously had had never seen that thing oh yeah that's like that's what made the, me I am also the human Wawa that's what that sound is I had that's, no idea yeah so yeah I would just dial it in on the aux synth so I would put that on beats I would put that on synths that was my go to oh that's why it sounds like that I was trying to figure out what was making the sound because when you blend the direct and that together you get that yep yep. Exactly. I was using a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on, but it's not that cluttered. But I hear there's, I was doing turntable. That's when I started doing turntable stuff because I hear the vinyl um, crackles and I hear there's like, there's like an orchestra part there at the end. Yep, that, yep, I hear it, I hear it. That's definitely like right off vinyl. And I would go through piles of records to find that stuff because I was never really that good at making pitch shifting work with the Akai. I was just like too lazy or I could never figure it out. Right. So I would just go through 9 million records till I found the one. And of course you could do pitch on the turntable. You'd pitch you know, it change. on the turntable, right? But um, that's when I was really starting to get into uh, vinyl sampling and stuff like that. I can totally hear it. Um, so yeah, I spent really? a lot of time. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. At the end. That whole thing. So that was, you know, I put it, this was the same period that I was working on the ADATs up at my studio in Chelmsford when it was cloudy and snowy and I didn't have a car. Same thing. It's the same era. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, what else? Just There's you locked a, in the studio with a gear. Yeah, you did what a lot of treatment. Wrong? All those samples have different like spatial effects on them. If you notice, like some are panning around, some are like the rolling sound space. Some, I mean, there's pretty involved what you were doing with all those samples. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like I like to make them fly around. It's just you just look for the things that sound good, extreme left and right. You know, sometimes the sound will work perfectly when you've got it panned out all the way, and then other times it'll just be meh. But you know, for me, I want to hear it where yeah. you want to look. You you know, it, it's sort of like you know, looking at something that's invisible. You want to reach out and touch it because it it uh, it belies what your eyes see. You know. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, to that's me, that's what, the that's the fun of three D from two channel stereo. Yeah, it's really really amazing that 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 you know nowadays everything's you know going Atmos and everything, but there really is so much you can do in a stereo. Um, domain with you know the Ursa Major Space Station, the Bedini, the Roland Sound yep. Space. There were so yep. many devices we used to use. I loved the Bedini. It was one of my favorite pieces of gear. Yeah, those are rare now, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's a, a, a that uh, sort of psychoacoustic processing. I used it on so many projects. Uh, I used it in so so much stuff you and I worked on. It was just ubiquitous. It was just a part of part of the signal chain on some things. I remember renting more than one, even. Yeah, yeah. Phil had two or three of them. I'm pretty sure Carl ended up with one of them. He may, he might, Phil may still have one. Yeah. Super cool. I, I never see them for sale. I, I think I next time I'm in Boston, I'm going to just mug him and steal it. <laughs> <laughs> the bass, the bass is wild. The, is Warren's bass. He's got, I think he might have a Digitech whammy pedal on it or something. It's. You think the whammy was on that? Yeah. That's a great, wham, wham, wham. It's just nuts. It's like so crazy. <laughs> You know, that's kind of like the main force in the track. I feel like that his bass. I don't know what you enhanced it with, uh, sub harmonics or whatever. I didn't do really... anything anything with it from from that standpoint, if I remember, because you know that stuff. A lot of times it came through with effecty stuff on it. Some of the some other songs you got to listen to. I definitely did did do some of that one twenty XDS sub harmonic box, which you know. Yeah. Up until about fifteen years ago, I still had one of those, and then I just found plugins to replace it. But it was a one of a kind thing. I still have I have two of them, and I still have one on an aux send on my board, like right now. It's like I, you know, if I'm running my MPC three thousand, I'll dial some in. It's just I just never got over it. <laughs> yeah. um, I found better alternatives to it now. Yeah, I, um, I just the, love the uh, little colors. little labs uh, voice of God plugin. That's my favorite. <laughs> Is it the same type of thing? Um, doesn't uh, it's it's without the subharmonic nuisance. The subharmonic can be a problem sometimes, especially if you can't hear it. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to digress a little, if you listen to um, I've Got to Get You Out of My Mind from uh, Medazzleland, yep. I, I might have got a little bit carried away with it. On the toms? <laughs> it's on the toms. It's on the toms. It sounds great. I, it sounded good in my car, and then, you know, one day I'm sitting here. You know, it's in the out credits in the movie The Saint. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm sitting, you know, in my living room that's, you know, a 5.1 system, and I'm like, wow, that sounds good. And then I hear the toms, and I can feel my chest shaking. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's not really what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you call that? It's called growing up, growing up, up in, pub in public. Yeah, yeah that's I knew you were... what I call it. That's, well, that's cool. It's, it's not my fault. It's the monitors. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's those electrostatic <laughs> monitors uh, upstairs there. Uh, uh, no, it's the, it was a uh, weird sound techniques when we mixed oh, that's that. Right. that. You know, this is long before we had subwoofers everywhere. Only my car had a subwoofer and that sounded great in there. But, um, uh, yeah, it kind of screwed up. 
that's the one and only time I've made that bad of a mistake. And uh, I'm surprised that Dave Collins didn't catch it when he was masking. It's never, just kind it's of never bothered it me. I, I've never really heard it. Um, you got to hear it in the surround system. That the, okay. uh, definitely in the movie. I can hear it in the actual track a little, but in the movie, it's pretty pronounced. It's crazy. So yeah. that's a great tip for people: the Little Labs Voice of God um, plugin. Yeah. So UAD little... has it. It's also it's a it's a 500 series module if you want the analog version. And what does it do exactly? It's got a couple knobs on it. Um, and what you've got is just uh, amplitude and frequency. Um, you can't solo the frequency, so you've just got to crank the amplitude up and then just sweep back and forth on it until okay. you find the sweet spot for whatever you're using. I mean, it's, I use it a lot now on bass and kick. Anything I need to enhance the low end with where I don't want the octave. So it's not it's not a, it's not a synthesized like frequency no, like it's not a subharmonic thing. Uh, the one that I use because uh, the one that I use in place of uh, the one twenty XDS of the one twenty XDS uh, is from a company called Refuse Software. It's called Low Ender, and uh, that is the one twenty XDS for all intents and purposes. It doesn't have wow. the uh, low frequency boost, but you can control it, and it does all the harmonics. Again, it's something that will get you in trouble if you're not paying attention. And you can't um, really use it on more than one element of a mix generally, right? I mean, I would stick um, to like either toms or kick or... Yeah, I mean, you know, the low ender is better for kick, for tr things that transient that don't sustain. Um, whereas the voice of God, VOG, it's called, you can use that on pretty much anything. I mean, another thing that I used until both of those were available was Renaissance Bass Waves, which is also a great plugin. Um, also a little difficult to control, but it does pretty much very similar to Voice of God, but I like Voice of God more. It sounds more I use analog. I use that um, in the Plugin Alliance. I use that BX sub-synth thing. It's BX. I, I tried that numerous times. I just couldn't get into it because I had the you other alternatives. To, you, you have to spend a lot of time with it because it's really touchy. There's like, especially there's some of those like drive and there's a bunch of stuff that's like super touchy, you know, but once you get it. A lot, get, lot of knobs. Yeah, 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 and also the 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 percentage that you're using of each subharmonic, you can solo them individually on there. Though that's what I like about yeah. it. I mean, yeah, that's what's convenient. SPL makes one too. I think it's called um, Bass Ranger. They make okay. two of them. I think. Well, also the uh, plugin has the BX Boom too, uh, the Brainworks Boom, which is definitely seems like it was designed to use on a kick or something. Okay. Again, with something is a transient attack that doesn't sustain. Good stuff. Yeah, that, that was a fun track to mix. I don't remember it being difficult. The song that threw me when we were mixing was um, uh, Beautiful Clothes. I think we mixed that song twice, actually. I think we mixed it at Sound Techniques once, and yeah. we didn't really dig it. So, I mean, mixed it at uh, Cortland the first time, and we didn't dig it, and we mixed it again at Sound Techniques. That's the one that's uh, on the record. Okay. Um, and it was much more difficult than I actually thought it would be. I thought those two, these two songs would have been simple. This one was. Um, Beautiful Clothes was not. It took yeah. more time. Well, that those guitars in Beautiful Clothes are like, they're so gigantic and they take up so much <laughs> space, you know? The, the, the mighty mix-eating dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to listen to another one. I think this is Grab the Sun. Yeah, this, is one, this is one of my favorites, I think, on the, on the record, for sure. It's one of my top two or three. Grab the Sun. Let's check that out. Grab the sun. 
Funny thing is, I'm listening to this song, and uh, you know, like when you are watching Netflix and you pull up a movie and it shows the name of the movie, and then it's got a bunch of keywords that would typify the movie. So yep. I'm looking at my notes here, and it sounds <laughs> it sounds like I'm looking at a Netflix synopsis, and I'm looking at <laughs> you know keywords, keywords ready. <laughs> yep. Keywords: stylophone. Yep. I atmospheric. Got that one. I got spacious. That one. Round. <laughs> Did the stylophone make an appearance in Medazzaland too? Yes, it's somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't remember it. where. I just remember it's seeing great. it on the track sheets all the time. And I finally I said to Nick, "What? What's what's a stylophone?" And I think he brought one in one day to show me. And I don't I you have hooked. one now? I have yeah, like you three. Have one. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I've got the real the original seventies, the great big one, you know, mm-hmm. the, and with the, with two pens. And then I've got Whoa. a couple. Of, yeah, two. It's pens. monophonic though, right? Yes. Yeah, you know, he can make I, one sound at the time. But it's, this this sound he's using is called reiteration, and you just flip a switch and it goes da 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 da, and you can't change the speed of it. It's just one speed, <laughs> you know, all the time. And you've and you've got it panning around. Really love yeah, it. It's well, a really nice you know, with it. This is this is this, if it isn't my favorite mix, it's one of my favorite mixes on it. This one we did at Cortland. I, I remember this because I remember you playing the bongos on the floor. Yeah, um, like it was yesterday. It. Yeah. yeah, we recorded it. And, and the thing is, you know, I remember I, I, I plugged them in and I compressed them with a 160. A vintage I love the 160, 160 on bongos. And uh, I think I just set up a U87 on you. And it was just, it sounded so cool in the track. And I remember you, you were the picture of focus. <laughs> you know, it looked like we were doing a really serious session for a change. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sound. It's beautiful. It's just, and it's when beautiful. you listen to that, it's the whole thing's like, it's, that's why I said atmospheric because you feel like you're there. You get a visual on it. I have no idea what the song means. Oh no, it was a virtual. It was and, a it, it was a virtual travel agency where you could in the future like travel anywhere from your chair. You just sit in your chair and close your eyes and it's grab like the total sun. recall. Right? You, like it just sends you like to a tropical place. You know, this is like you know virtual reality. It does feel that way. So um, what? This, what? Yeah. Did you come up with the tabla? Did they send that to you or? Okay, this is this is something I've never really mentioned, and I, I don't know if it's a legality problem, but I'm, I had a whole dat full of Talvin Sai stuff that he had done mm-hmm. on Out of My Mind and mm-hmm. some stuff that Warren had maybe done, messed around with him uh, for some of his solo stuff with Sultan Khan. Um, mm-hmm. I just had a lot of tabla samples from, from him, and uh, maybe we should thank him right now, but no. I don't you think can I, thank him now. They sound great. Yeah, they, it's yeah. just a cool, cool vibe. You did a good job looping yeah, those together. Yeah, just looped them in the, the Akai, and it definitely was part of the foundation of the rhythm. The, the bass, let's talk about the, I'll get to the rhythm stuff in a second, but the, the, the bass sound is this giant wave of like cushy analog goo. It's just so great. What, how it's you, really, really warm. It's that, that's, that's the 120 XDS for certain. But okay. I shut the sub harmonics way down on it, so it wasn't creating more notes. <clears throat> that's Nick. Um, that's Nick's sound. I don't know what it, what it, what he uses. It's just just gorgeous. That that was yeah. that and the tablas kind of started the whole feel, you know, of the of the the bottom end. Uh, and then the drum stuff. I remember, and I, I I felt kind of sad because I sold my. I had an original CR seventy eight. Remember those, the Roland CR seventy eight, like Bill mm-hmm. Collins yep. used to use. So, yep. And I had a pro, I had the programmer for it too. It was this little thing you hooked up, and you could make your own patterns. 
instead of using right. the presets. And so that's the main pattern is is the the main layer is the CR seventy eight. I can hear, there's actually more than one layer. I can hear the really weird high hat like yeah, that belly ching, kind ching, of ching, 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 yeah on the right. right. And uh, there's more than one layer of, of CR seventy. That's one of the things I really regret selling. But um, so I, I remember well, when I was mixing this and feeling this. You know, you, it definitely has this like it, it envelops you. It is like yeah. having a travel experience now that you mention it. And yeah. but the thing is, you've got this whole like very hypnotic. You've got the beach. I can picture you know palm trees blowing in the breeze and nobody around for miles. And all of a sudden, this big bee comes flying into the scene. That's that's why I did that with the stylophone. It's like, listen, isn't this really relaxing? And then you suddenly it's like, <laughs> I love that. It's beautiful. And then there's another layer of analog beatbox stuff, which was a I had a Korg Mini Pops, which is some of those little, you know, those little analog things. So that right, right, endless fun. Um, that was kind of how that went together. And then there's this these weird like almost like radiation where I go doom, ging, goom. They're like, just like kind of like what I call vacuum sounds where you take right. like a, a resonance in a filter and mm-hmm. it's almost like a vacuum cleaner, but then you tune the resonance to, to notes. And that was the, those <laughs> doom, ping, doom. I think that's an AGR, that's an AGR trademarked, yeah, it's trademarked one of my, technique. It's, we, you grab any, I grab any synth and I'll make that sound and like, it's just some, some, <laughs> It's just something I I, I t- tend to um, gravitate towards. So this one, you said this one was at Cortland, so it was probably... Um, who, uh, for the life of me, the guy says, grab the sun, and then somebody says something after it. What is it? It's oh, something I, that like, sounds like I could Warren. touch. Like, yeah, that sounds like Warren. And I'm singing, grab the sun. You can hear my voice. Yeah. And, you, and, and then, we, then it's in harmony after that. You added it. Like well, you put a wah yeah. filter or something on it. No, that's a that's a harmonizer auto wah effect. Uh, it's just, uh, I use that a couple. You know, I use that on the TCC out, uh, cut before that. Okay. That's how I even knew it existed. No, sorry, we use that on um, on uh, one of the John P. and the Pawn Shop songs. Um, Is, oh, I remember. Um, um, Lament. Bef- Lament was the song. Lament. Man, yeah, we gotta, same effect. We, we got to get him on here and do some, like, show the world some of those tracks. They're so great. Honestly, that that to me is one of the great missed opportunities in this business. Yeah. It was so close too. Still thinking about that stylophone and the giant bee. Yeah, the whole surf thing too. That was the the Tinley and Nick and those guys sent us the surf. But I think you might have rolled yeah, in some space. You know, it makes me think. I, you know, when I die, I want a funeral and I want there to be a pinata so everybody will be happy. <laughs> but I want the pinata filled with bees so they're not that happy. <laughs> I love it. That's what you know I'm what after. I've, you know what I've been seeing though uh, on Instagram, like these people that actually move giant beehives around for like for their work. Like somebody will say, yeah, I've there's, seen it. Yeah. there's bees in my like barn or whatever, and and they they go in there and there's like they're covered with bees and they're like putting them in the, these things and they they don't get stung and they're, they're like these are very nice friendly bees, you know. And I'm like, oh my god. You know? A bee's not going to sting you unless it feels threatened. They're 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 not like wasps who are just dicks. Yeah. Plus, if a bee stings you, it dies. That's the other problem. Wasps are just dicks. They'll just keep stinging you. For Maybe no that's partic- a wasp. I don't know. For no particular reason whatsoever. Um, More humor yeah, we lifted from Facebook. <laughs> grab the sun. Man. Yeah, that's, this is like definitely one of my favorite mixes. You did the um, Roland Soundspace on that surf. 
I, I yes. think yeah. it's coming from. It's yeah. coming no, from like, that's actually, that's the Bedini and the Surf. Oh, um, is it? Uh, yeah, one of the reasons that I mean, it no longer is a problem now with a lot of the three D stuff that we've got. Waves has a lot of great three D stuff, and uh, is that uh, they are one hundred percent phase accurate. They collapse to perfect mono, um, and like the old stuff like that that was essentially analog with digital processing internally. Um, when you collapse it to mono, it <laughs> it just sounds disappears. weird phasey. <laughs> or disappears. Or, or disappears. Yeah, that, that's why we call the Bedini a Houdini sometimes. Remember that <laughs> thing Behringer made, the Edison? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, a really yeah. bad knockoff of the of the Bedini. That was a Houdini. It, Stuff disappeared I bet it, in that. I bet it's cheap, too, now, if you can find one. The, yeah. I wouldn't mind having yeah. one of those. I just love this old um, junk. Yeah. What what waves plugins that do really nice 3D stuff that you um, can talk about? S1, the S1 I use a lot. Oh, the imager? Um, S1, yeah. I use the S1 a lot in place of and functions I would have normally used, the Bedini. And uh, the other one that's a big favorite of mine is the Brainworks Shred Spread. Um, Shred Spread? That's a I haven't great tried plugin. that. It's, it's in your plugin alliance. You probably never even looked at it. No, and I never I've been looked using at it. That, I've been using that plugin for like, since it came out, uh, easily call, eight or nine years. I call the S1 the martini glass because I like the if you want it to... <laughs> You just make a martini and yeah, spill it a little bit to the right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's like everything else. It, you got to use it judiciously. I mean, I use them on regular stereo mixes that people always say, well, how did it get wide like that? And, you know, you don't make mixes wide by just grabbing the wide control on the master EQ and spreading it. Then everything sounds like you've got an ear infection. Um, so, so you use it on elements of the mix. Yeah, elements of the mix. You wouldn't put the S1 on the entire mix. I mean... Oh, you know. like a typical use of the S1 for me would be symbols um, to help spread them a little bit and help get them away from the middle. Or um, the brain works, the shred spread, what I'll do is I'll route like rhythm guitars left and right to a um, return and stick the shred spread on that and just open up the stereo image a little. The shred spread does something really cool because you've got a knob on it that's uh, because it's called shred spread. The, yep. You turn the knob up, and that's shred. And what it does is it adds some like interesting lo-fi saturation, the thickness to it. Can't really describe what it does, but wow. it's a very cool plugin. It's, it's I gotta uh, try like it I guess I've been using it forever. You have it already. You just don't even know. I, it. I, I just don't, there's so much stuff in I there. Just, that well, I this don't. is the problem, you know. Between UAD and Plugin Alliance, when I look at my list of plugins, there's like you know 500 things, and I might use 50 of them. You know. Yeah. Well, you go in you go in phases. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, so the thing is, when we were doing the mix of that song, I didn't want the you know these the um, ocean to sound all swishy and weird and phasey. So that's why we use the Bedini on that. Yeah, it's it's because it a, made, the Bedini makes perfect mono. That's a mystery box. Nobody knows what's in it. You know, he uh, I think Yamaha wanted to get him to put it in some of their pieces, and he wouldn't let them do it. And if you if you open it up. Everything's in lucite. You can't find out what's in it without destroying it. Well, I think we covered these two pretty well, Bob. Yeah, we got yeah, it. I think so. Um, oh, there was one other thing in there uh, that I, f I forgot to mention in my notes. Is the, the, there's like this flute sound, and that it was like kind of like that sharahachi or what a shakahuchi. I can never say that mm -hmm. that the Japanese flute, but right. it was from an e from a, uh, either an Emacs or the ESI32. All the, the emulator stuff, the Emu stuff, always had the coolest like ethnic right. flutes. Right. And uh, that was definitely something I, I played in. It almost sounds real, though. Yeah, I thought it was real, actually. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know where you got it. Yeah, it was one of those. One of those. And I, also, those big um, gong things. They, 
Yeah. Those are like, we used an AMS reverb on that. That was um, one of my favorite uses of the AMS besides making it sound like it's 1983 all the time. Yeah. There's other plugins, there's other patches in the AMS besides, you know, non-Lin 2. Um, yeah. I love the, um, uh, I that, love was the uh, that was the, oh, the ambience. That was the ambience. Um, and it was yeah. opened up to about seven or eight seconds. You know, that's made a couple of appearances on Medazzleland and Thank You. It's that kind of sound. Uh, as far as the AMS goes, um, what, do you think the UAD holds up to the original? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got both. I've got the, both the extended version and the, and I use it all the time in the same function. It definitely yeah, I does. Love it. And it's got non-LIN one, which you know, unless you had the unit that had the barcode reader, you didn't have non-LIN one. Non-LIN one's really not designed to be used in stereo. You've got one that's sort of like the ambient gated space, and the other one that's like all the reflections with the flutter echoes in it. Okay. Um, the UAD version has all of them, and the extended version does. I have the extended uh, version. I was always curious about there's somebody makes one that's like the size of a, a, like a post office box and it's square and it looks so great. And it's like 1200 bucks and it's an AMS. I've been so tempted to buy it like 10 or 12 times. I don't know. It's beautiful. Post office box. Yeah. It's about, it's, it's a 500 series and it's, it's probably two, two 500 series or maybe even four and it's square. It's like a cube. It's beautifully, looks beautifully made and they're like 1200 bucks. It sounds like an EMT, like 250. The robot, yeah, but that, I call it. it's an it's an AMS. I don't know if yeah. AMS makes it or who makes it, but it says AMS on it. It's it's a really? version I've of. I've never the, seen yeah. that one. Yeah, no, it's it's really really cool. But it's like you know, if you figure the plugins doing the job, then why <laughs> go spend the money? It just but, you know, at, at this point, you know, the, the one thing people forget about studios, and you know, people are romantic about analog all the time, is but you know, hey, I would love to have a Neve eighty sixty eight here, but the thing is, it's it's not like a coffee machine. You have to leave it on all the time. Yeah. Once you shut it off and you turn it back on, once you power cycle and thermal cycle it, something's not going to work. It's old. Molex connectors don't like being thermal cycled. Sure. And then of course you have to keep it on all the time. The thing's all full of class A circuits that operate full current all the time. It's hot. So you have to keep it cool. And then you've got, you know, a six foot rack of power supplies just sucking down the power. I can't even imagine what the electric bill is for yeah, an average studio. Like now, Nothing consumes power. We shut it off when we go home, if we choose to. Um, yeah, uh, and that's you know something that I, <laughs> something I don't miss. I mean, I've got two two twenty four X's, and now I've gotten into just shutting one of them off if I'm not using it. Um, it's not necessary to have them because these things they're not exactly <laughs> they're not energy efficient to say the least. Do they mind being turned on and off, or is that how you break them? You know, um, that's that's how. Well, I like to have something to do, so they usually break. <laughs> I, I, no, my, I, I've recently, I mean, I've seen people now selling them for four or five grand on eBay and mine are in cherry condition because I've maintained them myself. But yeah. if I sold one of them, I'd be screwed because the only way I can tell what's wrong with one of them is to pull a working card into the other one and then troubleshoot them. You know, I see. And, and I would love to see somebody do a 224X plugin. I don't think that's going to happen. It's such a niche piece because you've wow. got the 224 and you've got the 480. And the XL, which I just never liked, but these here have a certain real beautiful, organic, grainy quality that the XL doesn't have. So that was an earlier chip. Yeah. Well, it, you know, uh, remember Jim Fabiano? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you remember him used to fix? He, he actually was the person who fixed this the last time. And then I figured out how to fix them myself because he wasn't available anymore. Um, and he verified to me that the converters are different and the X and the XL. 
Um, I see. So, and I think that definitely, if you, back when I was working at Normandy, I had them side by side and they sound completely different. You know, wow. uh, the XL was always, for me, difficult to place into a mix. You either have too much or too little, whereas the X behaves just like the 224 before it. It just always fits in the mix. And like, the Isn't remember that, the Model yeah. 200? They had that. Yeah, I love that one. You know, a, another one. massive heat generating piece of equipment. But, you know, all of those had a certain grainy quality. I mean, you know, when I hear more than words on the radio, I can hear it. And, you know, it sounds beautiful, but not so beautiful it isn't real. Sometimes the XL to me sounded like it isn't real. You know, when they moved on to the next generation with the 300s and the um, and the 480L, then they just got it right. Those things were all amazing. Have you? Do you know of any software versions of those that come even close? Which one, the XL? Yeah, no, the uh, the, uh, no, the, the X. X. The, two, the UAD's 224 is pretty close. I've actually ex- interchanged programs between my XL and the 224 and UAD, and that is, you know, copied settings, you know, um, setting yeah. for setting, and uh, it would be pretty hard to tell them apart. The bandwidth on the X is a little more. I think it's 15K, where I think the bandwidth on the uh, original 224 is 10K, so... It's got a little more beauty on the top end than the 224 did, but they're both great reverbs. I I, I know when people say, what should I get? I don't recommend it to them unless you know how to use it because it's annoying to use if you don't know what the knobs do, you know? Yeah. Same thing with the 480. If you don't know what those controls are, you're going to be sitting there forever yanking on them. There's weird, weird weird, weird menus too. Yeah. I mean, I I grew up with those. I mean, the first time I rented the 224 was 1980. You know, oh my gosh! Yeah, and what that was like the 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 the, the king oh, that was king reverb fifteen thousand dollar reverb back then. It's so cool. Such this is the geeky stuff people love to hear about. You know, it's I'm super glad geeky. Doing, super yeah. geeking out. I I upgraded the uh, I upgraded the um, A to D and D to A converters in both of the two twenty four X's. And what's the result? A long time ago, um, they're they're quieter for certain, and they are. Can't think of the name of uh, Burr Brown, Burr Brown um, converters, and all of them. Um, I use those things pretty much every day in the mix, and they make almost no noise. That's and so cool. of course, these here were pre-digital, so they do not have digital outs. But the two twenty four is pretty darn close, man. I could tell you that. Thanks for sharing all this wonderful oh, information no for people who want to get into Lexicon Reverb. Uh, you, you can know? find them. I see them on eBay every now and then. It's rare. I mean. Yeah. The fact I have two of them is a miracle by itself. But one of them was a gift from a client. Wow. He uh, That's great. saw that I had one that wasn't working. He says, hey, what's that? I says, oh, it needs a, needs a converter. I'm not sure what's wrong with it. And he said, oh. Then he told me like the next day, he's like, hey, I bought one of those. I said, you did what? <laughs> and he said, I, they're never, you never see them. It's rare. And uh, Oh, that's so cool. So, you know, he lived in Chicago and then he called me about a month later. He said, you know, I'm not sure this thing works right. And I'm like, well, Rick, you got to know how to use the controls on it. He says, you know what? I'm going to send it to you. Maybe you can check it out. Things got to like cost $150 to ship. This guy had a fair amount of money at the time. So he sent it and he said, you know what? Just keep it. I said, what? He says, yeah, you nice. give me money for it later. He says, tell you what, I'll trade you my 300 for it. He says, okay. So I traded him my 300. There you go. Which I wouldn't have held on to anyhow. I liked it, but I didn't like not having a remote with it. Well, you made out. <laughs> yeah, bonus. Awesome. Well, it's been great uh, talking to you again, and I'm looking forward to we have one more episode of uh, TV Mania to wrap it up next time. 
and uh, then we'll be going to on to other other adventures. Me too, Bob. Thanks for being here. It's great My to pleasure. see you. Okay. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Studio Secrets A to Z signing off. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.